this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to another brand new edition of the Municipals. You know, the mayor is changing street names, 911 isn't taking calls, and the prime minister's back on the market. I am Matthew, of course. Oh, and I'm Philip. We've got some topics. Yes. Uh, holy shit, it's, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been an interesting weekend. Um, you know, I got, I hope my son never hears this, I got dragged to the movies and uh, it was movie he really wanted to see that I really had no interest in seeing, but I went for him. Uh, have you ever seen the Meg 2? Of course, I haven't seen the Meg 1, so the Meg 2 really didn't make sense to me. I think I saw the Meg. I didn't even know. Is, what... that, is that the shark one? Yeah, I didn't even know what the fuck a Meg was. Uh, I, that's what I said to my son. I'm like, what's a Meg? And, and he goes, Dad, it's a, a Megalodon. I think, is it Megalodon? A Megalodon sounds, that makes he goes, sense. He goes, it's a megalodon shark, duh. duh. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Wow, and you know so what? What lore were you missing from uh, Meg the First that uh, that made you so confused in Meg Two? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know who was who, and it's like anyone who watches Meg Two. I guess it's understood that you've already seen Meg one. They don't have to tell you who's who in the show. I'm not entirely sure that you need to take Meg, any Meg seriously enough that you need to learn who any of the characters are. I think you're just in it for the ride. I had my son convinced we were going to like we're, the whole family went, but I was like, let's branch off. Cause I thought the, all the girls were going to go watch Barbie. I'm like, let's go watch Guardians 3. And then we got there and it's not in the theater anymore. And I was like, oh, true. You know, it's actually already I think it's already on Disney Plus. Yes. So we'll have to watch it there because I haven't seen it yet. So no spoilers. Me neither. I I still need (laughs) to see it. Well, you know, there are some small issues I'd like to get out of the way before we get to the big uh, juicy topics, because a lot of shit happened this week. Um. Let's start with that picture in the sun, which is, the, I know, the paper you don't read, of the couple having sex at Woodbine Beach. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. But I'd love to know your thoughts. My thoughts are, go nuts. Their only, uh, their only crime was they got caught. Right? You know, like, why, 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 are, we, why are we making this a, a media thing? Uh, I wonder if they were, you know, were they drunk? It's not, you know what? It's not important. They were, you know, two. I keep, I keep wanting to say just a couple of dudes, but I, I mean gender neutral dudes, just a couple of dudes doing their thing, having a time, having a blast. You know, we don't need the, we don't need the puritanicals at the Toronto Sun, uh, telling us, telling us what's right or what's wrong. This is Canada. Matthew, this is what we call freedom. Well, I mean, they have to have stones because I certainly wouldn't do it in public. Nobody would want to watch that shit. 
That was a very good Braveheart esque speech in the name of fucking on the beach. What is that hashtag that has started? I can't think of it. The one to get rid of Rick Leary. There's one to get rid of Rick Leary. I, I, can't, I don't remember what it is, but um, another incident took pa- place this past week. Of course, you know what I'm referring to the the fire extinguisher spring incident at uh, Christie subway station. Yes. I'd love to know uh, what you've heard about it, what uh, what you think about it, and whether or not we actually can pin this on Rick Leary. I, I feel like this kind of goes into a bigger conversation uh, that we definitely need someone smarter than me here to talk about, which is, and I, I think I kind of brought it up before, <laughs> it's, it's the reality of sort of increased problematicness and the perception of I'm, I'm using made up words, please forgive me, (laughs) but like, you know, perception of danger and chaos versus the reality of danger and chaos. And it's like, you know, these things are happening and are they actually happening at an increased frequency than normal? Or are they simply being caught on camera and broadcast more frequently than normal? Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's 2023. Everybody has a camera phone. Well, yeah, and that's 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 what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, are we actually suffering through a weird moment of like strange, extra, <laughs> extraordinary, uh, you know, activity on the TTC where people are like losing their minds and acting out? Or is this actually pretty normal and it's just people sort of showing it more? Do you know what I mean? Well, I know this guy got got down on the tracks and then went in the what do you call the middle part i have no idea what they call the middle part I'm but surprised, i'm surprised I, he didn't electrocute himself well and that was someone had mentioned it's like it's interesting that he was cognizant of the the third rail um but yeah it's it's i don't know it's it's you know rick leary rick leary is letting the system down by allowing you know the service reductions when he cuts staff, you know, especially the physical presence staff that like, you know, would kind of they don't prevent these things from happening. Right. But they do deter them by having physical staff sort of floating around, even if it's just more cleaning staff, just more physical presence. You know, again, it doesn't prevent, but it would deter it. But I I don't think we can blame. I really don't think we can blame like, well. Wow, I can't say his name because I I almost want to say Lick Reary. Uh, oh wow! I just, anyways, I Jesus, that's a problem. Anyways, I didn't think about that before I said that out loud. So, um, Rick Leary, uh, I don't think we could blame him for that. But so I got you know, two. Sorry, go ahead. It's it's just it's a continued trend of, you know, there should be more of a physical presence on the TTC. And again, that's not even necessarily cops or security. That could just be more rounds of people cleaning, just just more presence, you know, by staff. Well put. I got one more point, and then we're going to go south of the border for two points before we uh, we we kick off with the big stuff. So, I'm interested in your feelings of the Queen statue coming to Queens Park. Okay. So before I give you my thoughts, Matthew, what are your thoughts on the on the Queen statue? I actually don't have a problem with it. 
And and it's not because I agree with everything she's ever done. It's not. She was the queen. She was. Think about everything that you and I have lived through. You know, we've seen, you know, a, a Democratic president. We've seen a Republic president. We've seen liberals in charge. We've seen conservatives in charge, even NDP in our lifetime. We've seen, you know, the president get a blowjob in the oral office. We've seen 9-11. Well, we didn't see that well no we didn't get i know it listen i know what you mean listen listen if you really look hard enough you could probably find a parody adult video (laughs) just saying (laughs) saying we've seen 9-11 happen we've seen the war in iraq we've seen a lot of stuff we've seen a pope die um i think more than one the one thing you never saw was a change in the um what's the word i'm looking for I was going to say well, anarchy, but no, it's <laughs> changing the uh, monarchy in the monarchy. Never seen it. And I was like, wow, is this woman going to live forever? It really did feel like that, right? It, it did. And, you know, just for that reason, you know, people always want to worship their favorite pope, which is fine. That's that's fine. That's their business. There are people that respect the queen and like what she did. There are people that just respect the queen for being the queen. There are even people that respect the king. I mean, I'll respect him just because he's the king, not because I like him, because I don't, and not because I agree with anything that he'll do, because I'm waiting for William. Um, <laughs> And you know what? We will, now that we know that the, the royals aren't actually vampire immortals, right? uh, we are aware that we're going to get there. So, so and honestly... And this is probably not going to be popular. So I, again, I apologize in advance. I don't think they should have. Apparently, where where the queen statue is going is going right beside the covered statue of Sir John A. Macdonald, which I don't believe should be covered. Why does it offend people? I don't get it. Um, is it because he was a slave owner? Because he supported slavery? I'm not excusing stuff that you know, happened back in the day. Yeah. But, I, we, but but hold on. But we, you and I, we live in we live in right now, 2023. We can't begin to think or feel or know what it was like to live in the early, early, early 1900s or even before that. We don't know what that life is like. We 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 wouldn't we wouldn't survive in that fucking life. I don't think. I um, and and things that were okay then are clearly not okay now, but that that's part of our history. You know, I've been wrestling whether or not to say this, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I think I'm just going to come out and say it. I am tired of the, the cancel culture part of, of this society that wants to apologize for things that happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago. I really, really want to say this properly because I don't mean this as some sort of a mic drop moment, but anyone that experienced slavery, for example, I would figure that the mass majority, if not all of them, have already passed on. They're gone. And if I'm incorrect, I'll eat it 100%. However, you know, I've, I've run into people in my lifetime. We used to have neighbors 
and he used to go on about slavery, but he never actually experienced it. And, and that's what I have a problem with. If you experience it, I will be so sympathetic. I'll be respectful. I'll do what I can to, you know, ease whatever fear it is that you have. Cause I don't know what this guy's problem was, but you can't sit there and tell me about something you know nothing about. That's just my personal uh, um, take on it. And again, I apologize if I offended anybody, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. Just, we're in 2023, so whatever we don't like, we're just going to cancel. Uh, 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 why, why don't we cancel fentanyl, for fuck's sake? It's killing everybody. Well, isn't that the ultimate question? Sorry, Philip, please, you know, if I'm wrong, call me on this shit. I, I'm, Listen, I'm... Um, so I'll, I'll go back. I'll, I'll reel us back to the, the queen statue question. Okay. Just to, just to, you know, let's, you know, Matthew, you can, you can wipe your brow. You don't have to sweat so hard. This isn't, you know, it's, we're good. It's all, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to grill you here to be perfectly honest. I I'm not entirely sure what I I'm a terrible, terrible history student. I, I'm not sure what the problematic nature of Sir Johnny McDonald is. Not that I'm sure there's nothing, just that I'm not sure what it is. Uh, oh, but, 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 listen, but, but the irrelevant, bigger question, irrelevant, hold on. Irrelevant. Hold on. The bigger question is, why does what he did or what he believes or what he supported, why does that matter in 2023? He's been dead for decades. I think it's just about what we choose to idolize in our society. And it's not. When Miley Cyrus started twerking on stage, everyone started twerking. So we idolize that people are losing their shit. Listen, over Taylor Swift. Listen, we don't. I'm not. <laughs> well, actually, I, I almost in a weird way, I almost feel like you are proving my point for me in the sense that it's Matthew. We idolize terrible shit. <laughs> so you know um point made for me <laughs> again without again without me knowing the details of how sir john a mcdonald's is problematic i'm sure that he is i don't know what the deal is the queen statue yes matthew now i i actually do i feel like i have a fairly boring answer to that question but i'm gonna say what a smarter person than me had said on Twitter, which was regardless of your own feelings towards the monarchy, um, every political party, if they were in power, would absolutely vote to fund that statue, you know, including your, you know, your fave that you think is, uh, you know, anti-monarchy, um, the fiscal concert. Well, I mean, I say fiscal conservatives, conservatives <laughs> are in power now and they're making that decision. So it's obviously, you know, no one's worried about the money. No one's worried about the image of, you know, idolizing the monarchy. Every political party in power today, if they were in power, would make the decision to fund that statue. So that's regardless of how I feel, if that's good or bad, it it, it was going to happen. That's that's my opinion. That statue is going to happen. My my boring answer to your question, Matthew, is that I don't I don't think too much about the monarchy, to be perfectly honest. It's just it's not it's it doesn't um, affect us. Not in the grand, not in a big, you know, conscious way. So, like, um, I'm not 
it's not you know terribly offensive or anything to me um it's a it's a it's a waste of money but as a a leftist who wants us to you know realize that money is mostly fake and instead we should use it for social services who cares speaking of money this is a great segue uh, we're going to go south of the border. This, this The Lord provides. This this one point is non-political. The next one is. So are you familiar with Charles Manson? Yes. So you heard that that uh, the one lady is is she's out now. One of her, her one of his followers. But that's actually not the point I wanted to make. So you're familiar with the actual murder that took place. Am I? You know, Sharon Tate. Oh yes, okay. Sorry, okay. I'm I'm not crazy. Okay. So apparently, so apparently, um, there's a white door uh, that was in the house that's covered in blood, and that door is actually going up for auction um, in the not so distant future. I, I don't know when the auction is, um, and it's expected to fetch between two. And four thousand dollars. How fucked up is that? Is it is it crazy to me that I actually think that's low? <clears throat> Only because it's like it's a celebrity artifact. People spend stupid amounts of money on that stuff all the time. That's true. Two that's to four thousand dollars. I was expecting you to say two to four million dollars. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about you know you and me setting up a GoFundMe to get that for ourselves, but. Two to four thousand dollars. Actually, we could set up a GoFundMe. U.S. <laughs> oh yeah, right. So that does make it sixty to seventy thousand Canadian dollars. Um, and if Trudeau has anything to do with it, two to three million Canadian dollars. Matthew, and, that was for you. I hope you enjoyed that. And the last small point I wanted to before we move on is uh, it happened again, Philip. Oh, with Mitch. No, I'm talking about Donald Trump being indicted again. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, the man does love his crimes. But specifically, he's being indicted for his interference in the 2020 election. I think it's specific to January 6th. That sounds about right. Yes. So my question to you really quick before we move on, because we don't know a lot about, you know, we're Canadian, so it doesn't fucking matter to us, but... I got to ask, you know, because Joe Rogan likes to rag on Justin Trudeau. So, I mean, we're not Joe Rogan, but do you think that this is going to stick? Or do you think that the the election is going to come first and then he's going to be able to pardon himself from jail? I'm curious what you think. If you could fantasy book what you think might happen. You know, I, that's. I hadn't thought too deeply about it because it's, you know you sort of get cynical and it's it's like people powerful people they evade justice all the time you know and it i i hadn't even given myself time to think of you know this timeline here of of a potential donald trump wins pardons himself you know if any if any self-respecting republican had any well self-respect maybe they would say hey mr president uh, I thought you said you didn't commit any crimes. What did you pardon yourself for? And then he would say, shut up. None of your business. <laughs> and then they'd go back to normal because 
that's what it means to be a Republican now. But so, <laughs> so he's charged with four counts, uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., and conspiracy to prevent others from carrying out their constitutional rights. In the obstruction charge, which carries up to 20 years in prison, the official proceeding refers to January 6, 2021, joint session of Congress in which electoral votes were to be counted in order to certify Joe Biden as the official winner. That charge has been brought against hundreds of the more than 1,000 people charged in the January 6th riot, including the members of the far-right Oath Keepers and Proud Boys extremist groups. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S., which is punishable by up to five years in prison, makes it a crime to conspire with another person to carry out fraud against the government. The indictment alleges that Trump dishonestly uh, fraud and deceit to, or sorry, used dishonesty, fraud and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the counting and certifying of the election results. You know, okay. <laughs> not not that we we'd be the um you and I, we wouldn't be a good expert on on far right extremism. But man, I gotta tell you, if I you know, I, I shouldn't say, man, if I decided to create a far right militant group, I wouldn't I but I am saying that if I made a far right militant group, I wouldn't call them the Proud Boys. I feel like that sounds like a junior cheer squad. You know, where are the Proud Boys? Give me a P. I'm not going to keep that going. I, I wouldn't know where I was going with that. But like, what a terrible name for a group of for a group of terrorists. Absolutely. <laughs> so with that. Let's move on to our big juicy story of the week. It happened literally the day, two two days, day after. I can't remember. Day after. It was the day the after. The day after we recorded or the day after the episode came out. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he's back on the market. He's single again. My question to you, I want, for, you know, forget any question. I want to know what your thought is on that, if you have a thought. And then I have some questions. Um, yes, my main thought is. So we're I mean, we're going to talk about this. Clearly, uh, yes. uh, you're you're ready for questions. Um, it's just. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's a huge scandalous thing. Um, relationships are hard. All relationships are hard. Um, oh no, I mean that's not true. Not all not all relationships are hard, but relationships are hard. Public life is hard. Working I, I don't know, it's having friction in your relationship that causes it to blow up in a very public way. I feel like that's not okay, let me help you out. <laughs> Thank you. So what I have written is Prime Minister single again. Is it Canada's business? um and i would say no ultimate i mean i don't think it's his business and like i hate to see all the commentary um on twitter that's like uh justin trudeau is asking for privacy but uh he didn't give us privacy when you know he wanted to protect us from covid and force us into lockdowns and it's like but those are 
two different things. Why why are you conflating things that shouldn't be conflated? What like why does it have to be such a I thought your beef with Justin Trudeau was his policies as a politician. So like why can't his personal life you expect a personal life between your job and your home. So why don't you give that grace to the prime minister just because you hate him? I don't know. It's I disagree with with you on whether it's Canada's business. And here I'll state my reasons. Number one, when John Tory was caught with his hand in the cookie jar, <laughs> he did the one and only respectful thing he did in his whole mayoralty, which was resign and go and deal with his shit in his private life. Because when you're in your private life, that is where you get your privacy. But he still wants to be prime minister, Justin Trudeau. I, I don't see, I have I have articles in front of me. There's one by a fella named, they're both from The Sun. Sorry, that's my source this week. Um, <laughs> there's one from uh, uh, by a guy named Warren Kinsella, Kinsella, maybe I'm uh, saying yeah. it wrong, uh, which, which says that the prime minister is entitled to privacy. He, it asks for privacy. Yeah. However, there's another article by Joe Warmington that mm-hmm. says that the, the Prime Minister's personal life is not a private matter. And um, then, of course, you've got probably four. Now, I assume you don't have the articles, but there's probably like four I have articles from Brian Lilly since like the day announcing that they were separating, fluctuating between, uh, yeah, this is a private matter. Let's... Uh, Let's not make it a big deal. But like four articles of like, it's not a big deal. You know, I'm wondering if the separation is going to hinder his job. I don't know how else to say it. Um, It does state in the papers that the children are going to stay with him and she's going to be in a different cottage somewhere else. Um. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, but I mean, I mean, can can we just, as much as I'd love to see him resign and walk away, now is not the time. And the only reason, the only reason that I say that is because if he resigns, we're looking at a prime minister Freeland. And not to piggyback off that, but let's just do that for a second. <laughs> so you want to piggyback off that. I have a, I have another question for you, actually. Can Christina, however you say her name, Freeland, actually be more disliked than Justin Trudeau? Is that actually possible? Um, oh, you know, give her time in the role. No, no, <laughs> I'm right talking now about... Behind- no, I'm talking about right now because there is another article. Again, yes, I apologize because my son, or my son, the son is my uh, your it, son eh? is my source. The son is my source. Um, there's an article about how she insists that she's one of us that, and she gives us personal anecdotes trying to relate to us about things like uh, inflation, cost of living, and stuff like that. The problem is, though, is that 
like I've seen I've seen some of these articles and that's that's how they're like they're projecting it onto you so that you feel bitter about this sort of, you know, she's not like us, but neither are these, you know, fucking propagandists at the Toronto Sun. You know, it was I can't remember who it was. I think it was like Alex Pearson. Um, you know, there's like a picture going up of Justin Trudeau on the subway and, you know, they're mocking it because it's like, oh, he's he's riding the subway. He's just like us. And so the question I sort of brought up was, um, do you fucking ride the subway? You know, it's like, you know, you <laughs> you're separate from us, too. You know, media writers, you're not the same as we are. A lot of you are living very comfortably and writing from a perspective of, well, privilege. So, you know what? It's they try to uh, that's that's what bothers me. Again, it 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 bothers me on a couple levels because, A, it forces me to jump in and defend Justin Trudeau. I don't think he's a good enough prime minister for me to do that because he hasn't been that great. But the things he's being criticized for are stupid. So, so it's no, the prime minister isn't like us, but neither are these fucking creeps at the Toronto Sun writing about how the prime minister is so much above us. So are you. Fuck off. <laughs> so I got a hold of a graph. We have about seven and a half minutes. Uh, I got a hold of a graph that says that if a federal election were held tomorrow, which one of the following parties would you vote for in your constituency? And it's broken down by BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba are together. Ontario is by itself, Quebec, and then the Atlantic provinces are together. Um, so <clears throat> in BC, uh, Liberal would get 23%, Conservative 39%. NDP 25%, Green Party 7%, and uh, uh, the PPC 5%, and other is, uh, it doesn't really have a number. Um, in Alberta, Liberal would get 15%, Conservative 55%, NDP 19%, Green Party 5%, PPC 9%, or 5%. Uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Liberals would get 19%. Uh, conservatives would get 53%. Uh, NDP would get 22%. Green Party, 4%. PPC, 2%. In Ontario, Liberals would get 33%. Conservatives, 39%. NDP, 19%. Uh, Green Party, 4%. And uh, a PPC, 4%. In Quebec... Liberals would get 30%, uh, Conservatives 20%, NDP 10%, Green Party 5%, Bloc Québécois would get 32%, and PPC would get 2%. In the Atlantic provinces, Liberals would get 37%, um, Conservatives would get 36%, NDP 19%, Green Party 5%, and PPC 3%. Um, this was done by, I'm not sure. I just copied it. It was off Twitter. I got it. Probably Abacus or Main Street or something. 
So take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. There's one other thing I wanted to read. It was a statement. So it, it's, a, it's a statement from the Conservative Party. It says, Liberal minister tells Canadians that Trudeau's crime wave is all in their heads. And this is in quotations. Canada's new justice minister to tackle perceived lack of safety from crime. I think that em, em, empirically... Empirically? Yes. Sorry. It's unlikely. I'm not taking gummies today, I promise. <laughs> Canada is becoming less safe, Varani told Reuters in, a, in an interview on Monday. This is dated July 31st. Uh, 2023 but the statement is august 2nd 2023 the honorable rob moore conservative shadow minister for justice and attorney general of canada raquel dancho conservative shadow minister for public safety and pierre paul huss quebec lieutenant released the following statement regarding remarks made by liberal minister of justice and attorney general Arif Varani downplaying crime in our communities. Quote, Justin Trudeau's catch and release policies have unleashed a crime wave across this country. Canadians don't feel safe in their communities and on the streets. But Arif Varani, Trudeau's new justice minister and attorney general, is telling Canadians that this is just all in their heads and that an increase in crime is what's that word again? Im, Im, empirically, empirically unlikely. Uh, quote, he's wrong. Here are the facts according to Statistics Canada after eight years of Justin Trudeau. Violent crime has risen 39%. Gang related homicides are up 108%. Violent gun crime has steadily increased every year, now up 101% since 2015. Murders are up 43%, the highest rate in 30 years, increasing 66% in Toronto, 55% in Vancouver, and 38% in Montreal. Quote, this crime wave is a direct result of liberal policies. Random attacks on our transit system, the nine police officers murdered in the line of duty over a year, repeat offenders who... I, I didn't get the last of that quote. I guess I, I didn't save the next part of it. I thought that was it. But yeah, your thoughts quickly. We got two minutes. Oh shit. Well, let me let me try to do this real quick. But this is part of the thing that I was I was talking about earlier about the perception versus the reality of crime. The thing is, I don't I don't want to say that statistics Canada is wrong. Because that doesn't make sense. It does. It makes more sense to me that the conservatives would somehow be using statistics in a way to paint a certain picture. I'm not saying that that's the case. I don't know if that's the case, but I can tell you that I can look up how many uh, murders there's been in Toronto, for example, this year. We're currently sitting at 37. Um, and the amount of murders we had total 2022 70 so we're past the halfway point through the year again not not that we should be normalizing allowing any murders to happen but they do and that actually seems pretty well on track 
to be just about the same as last year. You know, it, it seems to me like we're not particularly in a heightened crime spree. Again, it, it in my perception, which could be wrong, I, I could be misreading it. It really does feel like it's it's not a crime spree so much as it's a um, putting a heavy spotlight on the crime spree. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we will finish this thought up when we come back. So we're going to take a break right now and we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. And uh, if you had any final thoughts about what we were talking about, I'd love for you to Finish that thought, Philip, and then we can move on. Oh, um, and, and it was just we're just talking about, you know, the perception of of, you know, rising crime in the country and the reality of. And th- that's the thing. I don't want to say that crime isn't actually going up because I'm not I'm not the police. I'm not the government. I don't have the stats behind me. But at the same time. You know, what's frustrating is there is a reason for the liberal government to to want to say that crime is worse than it appears. Or sorry, that crime isn't as bad as it appears. And there's a and there's a beneficial reason for the conservatives to say to you that crime is as bad as it appears. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's both messages, you know, it's one of them is, you know, we're the government in power. We're not fumbling the bag. And the other side is we're the government in waiting. Uh, They're fumbling the bag. I don't think I could have said it better myself. So let's move on. And, you know, before we get to the other stuff, which is going to be great. It's time to put you on the hot seat. And oh, we're going to talk for this, I think. And we're going to talk about briefly, but we're going to talk about Scarborough Southwest, your intentions and um I guess yeah, I'm going to give you the floor. Oh shit. You know what? Okay. So from the time we recorded last week and you presented me with the question of I'm going to ask you a question. And I, I guess, said... I guess I technically didn't ask you the question. Listen, so, you, so you allow presented me, me... No, no, no. I, I implied the question, so allow me to ask it. What are your intentions for Scarborough Southwest in the coming, even though we don't have the dates or anything, the coming by-election that we all expect to uh, uh, come upon us? There, that's the question. Good question. <laughs> and... So last week, when when we recorded our show and you presented me with, you know, this this hypothetical. I think I landed on a very different place than I expected to. I was very much on the fence, Um, really not sure if I thought it was something that I could do or if it was better for me to try to sort of latch on to another campaign. And. You know, I I had sort of pondered very strongly about trying to uh, attach myself to Kevin's campaign for city councilor. Um, and the funny thing is, so some of my some of my thoughts for you know not wanting to do it is I, I think I had said 
or, or maybe I haven't vocalized it, but I was really hoping for more time to get myself personally out there, you know, in the ward at these events, you know, to sort of be more known at the same time. If I if I were stuck in my same financial situation, my same job situation between now and the next four years, I would still continue to never get around to like local events because that's what life is like for a low income person who's working, who just works to just get by. You know, we don't have time to go to so many events and, you know, schmooze around We're we're going to work. We're coming home. It's it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? We're not um, an, we're not Anabila. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And it's just I sort of thought the odds they're not very good for me. So but but somewhere along I, I say somewhere along the way, the truth is it's it's between a conversation between my brother and my partner, who both <laughs> I mean it's very funny. Um I don't think my brother is much. My partner she doesn't like Kevin. And I couldn't I couldn't explain to you really what it is, except that any any conversation I've had and I've sort of like told her about it. So like there's been a couple of times where I've met up with Kevin um, and we've had a chat and, you know, during the last municipal campaign and we met up and, you know, there's situations and I tell her about it and she just be like, you know, he's just he's just kind of like feeling you out. You know, he's not interested in you. I can't, I'm not Kevin, I'm not in Kevin's head, but I, I think uh, one of the things that really did sort of like latch on to me is, you know, I, as, as I mentioned, I texted Kevin uh, the day that we found out Gary Crawford was resigning um, because in my mind, I'm like, Kevin's not super online. I don't know if he would have heard the news and I just thought it was exciting and I, I feel a camaraderie with Kevin. Uh, and so he was like, oh, and, you know, at that time he sent me a text back. He's like, you know, thanks for you know letting me know we should have like a chat about it. And the thing is, I'm I'm very noncommittal. I'm hard to get a hold of when it comes to like, you know, texting and response to texts and phone calls. I'm not very good about that stuff. But, you know, I think I made it clear to Kevin that I was very interested in having a conversation with him about about the by-election, about what, what was going to happen. And so on, on Monday, you know, it was sort of like we're working around. It's like, oh, maybe we chat Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday doesn't work. I have, I've got a meeting. Okay, what if we do a phone call? So the last text between us was me saying to him, like, what if we, you know, chatted later one of these nights, you know, and no response from him. And so that was more than a week ago. And I'm just... I think this sounds like really sad coming from me. My intentions. I think I think I'm going to make myself sound more noble or, and maybe people will hear what I'm saying and be like, he's full of shit. And I'm OK with that. I my interest is making the ward and hence the city better for people like me. You know, lower income people who are struggling, working paycheck to paycheck, you know, and people who are even who have even less than I do. The unhoused, you know, the vulnerable, like I want to be someone for them. I want to make the city better for people like them. And I just I don't know, I, I, I felt I felt very discouraged by Kevin. 
you know, it really made me feel like I don't, I don't think he'd make me part of his team to be perfectly honest. I don't think he wants me. I, I think what he wants from me is to not run and to just stay out of the way. It's interesting to me that you, you phrased it that way, because if, if you're not a threat, then he wouldn't really care, but you're clearly a threat. We have this podcast and we can use it to drum up support. Uh, I'm your biggest fan. And even though we've stated this, so it's, it's, it's not a surprise. We don't agree politically. I'm still going to back you. I'm still going to canvas with you. If you choose to run, I'm still going to be there on the front lines, even though we don't agree politically. Thanks, my dude. Because you are my friend. And I think that the people of Scarborough Southwest need a champion. They need someone who will fight for them. And, you know, plenty of people. And I don't want to knock counselors. But plenty of people say that. Oh, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to fight for you. But where is it? We heard this stuff from... I'm sorry, I'm not trying to knock people, but we've heard this from Chris Moyce. We've heard it from Diane Sachs. We've heard it from, uh, uh, give me a name, Uh, even Amber Morley. And I hate that because I've got something with the three of them coming up. But like we've we've heard it, you know, Um, I know that Councillor Myers is doing a great job in uh, Ward 23. Um, much like he promised to do. And I think Alejandra Bravo is also doing a great job in her ward. He is rookie of the year. If maybe it's between her and Ozma Malik mm-hmm. so far, um, you know, by the end of the summer, we should, we should do a, a segment on who we think should win. I know there's no such thing as rookie of the year, but in sports world, you get a rookie of the year. Yeah, we'll get there. And then maybe we can also do a counselor of the year for the non-rookies. Unless I get it, in which case I win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it sounded like you were coming to a conclusion. I I don't know if I interrupted you. I'm, I'm still, I've still got like, I've got a lot of thoughts, you know, Um, (laughs) I'll tell you another thing. I mean, again, I think my conclusion at this point is fairly obvious. You could, by the tone of what I'm saying, you understand where I'm going with this. But I'll tell you another factor that was very discouraging, okay? And it's, it's you know, you you sort of, you, you built up sort of a rapport on, like, Toronto municipal politics Twitter. And I know it's not real life, you know, Twitter. It's, it's you know, different people. But, like... You know, you're you're talking to these people and you get a good rapport and and nothing it, it is it's very demoralizing, you know, and it's not that it's unnatural or wrong, but it's very demoralizing when it's like the the news of a Scarborough Southwest by-election comes up, okay? And there's so many people going, Hell yeah, it's time for Kevin. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just, 
like because there's nothing wrong with Kevin because Kevin in my mind, but again, according to a couple of people, I'm misreading him. But in my mind, he's a good guy. I think we both want what's better for Scarborough. I just think our inspirations and yeah, our inspirations are different. Our source of what we want to focus on is different. And I, I just feel like, for example, you know, we talk about, you know, someone who rides the TTC as, you know, representative of people who take the TTC. There's a difference between people who ride the TTC as an option, as in they've got a car and they mostly drive, but they also have the option of riding the TTC and they do sometimes. There's a difference between those people and the people who have to take the TTC because they can't afford a car. Like that's the sort of like difference of experience. I'm like, it's more like not experience, but of living conditions that I'm talking about, you know, of like, that's, I feel like what separates. I, uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, So I I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, again, a million thoughts um, all over the place. Oh, as a, as a fun aside, as, as part of me sort of coming to this, I mean, I, I think it was after I made the decision, but uh, next door to where I live is a gas station. Uh, and I I guess this is just a fun non sequitur. I'm not like, there's no important part to our podcast or politics here, but I ran into Gru. Oh. Which is very cool. And yeah, again, there's it's nothing related to the podcast except uh, Gru's my boy. And uh, that was fun. That's amazing. But I did I did tell him that my intention was to run. That's amazing. And I'm very excited for you. Like I said, <clears throat> I will be there with you. And we will continue to talk up anything you want to talk about on this podcast. You bring up a good thought. There is something I wanted to go. We're not going to do it today, but we're going to do it in a future episode. <clears throat> I want to talk about gas cars versus electric i have some thoughts but they're not polished or prepared so we're gonna maybe next week would be better or in a future episode if i can get my shit together and of course i know you probably have tons of thoughts on electric versus gas but i'm i'm glad for the news um i'll be there with you all the way as I know you would be for me uh, when the time comes for me. Oh, yeah. But moving along, let's talk about uh, something I hit at the top of the program. The woman attacked by the dog called 911 and was told to call 311. What? Yeah. I don't think I don't think I heard that. That actually happened. So anyway, uh, what's her name? Carl. Her name was Kara, and this happened in the neighborhood of Mortimer and Coxwell. I'm not exactly sure of the particulars, but whatever. This dog attacked her and bit her, and someone called the 911 and said, "This this is what's happening, and they were told, you need to call 311. And he goes, I'm sorry, this is a situation that is happening right as we speak. And the operator said, no, you need to call 311. Okay. I mean, 
Remember when I said at the top of the program, 911 isn't taking your calls? Yeah, coming <laughs> coming into the situation, um, you know, I don't want, I don't want to make it sound like, uh, you know, one and done, retributive, you should lose your job after whatever. You should not be working as a 911 operator if you're going to act like that. What? Call 311? Like, if you... <laughs> You know, because because it, because that's where animal services is. No, no, no. I, yeah, um, yeah. You're sending the police. You're sending an ambulance. What do you What do you mean? Call three one one. Like, you're getting fired. This person is getting fired. This I, person no longer has a job with the city of Toronto. I have no idea, but <laughs> oh, I mean. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll we'll um, talk about it later. Did you hear about the? No, we'll we'll come back. Um, <laughs> no, it's. I I hadn't you heard didn't hear this, about this. I hadn't heard the story, but like, what's interesting to me is this was again part of the sun coverage. We we see this failure from our emergency services, you know, nine one one, but it again most of the time it's it's police failure. Police run 911. Let's not forget that. Actually, that's a good point because I do. I, Matthew, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this last week. I think you brought it up last week as well. I constantly forget that fact. I never stop forgetting that fact. And uh, I think we should be reminded of that 24 7 because uh, all of a sudden their failure makes sense. <laughs> and I don't, this is, this is the closest I'll get to sounding conspiratorial uh well that's not true i we did just have a whole conversation about crime and i accused statistics canada of lying i didn't accuse them of lying i i accused the conservatives of using the statistics as cherry picking statistics but <laughs> but <laughs> my conspiratorial thinking here is that the police are going to act even shittier at their jobs and the residents of Toronto, instead of taking it out on the police, are going to take it out on our newly elected progressive mayor. They're going to be like, oh, well, it's her fault that the police can't do anything. When it, it seems like the police are very much well within their, you know, mandate to do whatever they want. Like early, early 2010s, they stopped seemingly stopped doing heavy traffic enforcement. Um I don't know. It sounds conspiratorial, but it doesn't seem beyond me to see to think that the police are acting out because they didn't get their way. You're absolutely right. Um, the police. I, I've listened. You and I, you and I don't agree on the subject. You you would like to defund. I just think they need to be held fiscally responsible, and if that means taking four hundred million away from them, because they don't. I believe they're over budget and they don't need it because once you take 911 out of their control and put it in the city's control and you take away the overtime to be able to hire more police officers, you cut for and you and, and, and let, let's be honest, we retire the, the mounted unit. You cut 400 million easy. I'm no, I'm no mathematician, but I could probably figure it out. 
if I was given the books. And I, I was think given ultimately, you know, again, you and I, we view the police very differently. But I think we can both kind of land on the if we're going to give them so much money, we should expect results. Exactly. So that's and that's my thought where it's like and for some people, they see the police failure and instead of looking at it as a problem with the police, it's like, oh, well, that just means they didn't get enough money. We have to give them even more money. And it's like, how much how much money until the police figure it out? Is it another 50 million, another 500 million? Do we have to hit a two billion dollar annual police budget until the police fucking figure out how to do their jobs? You know, before they redirect, they stop redirecting, you know, uh police and healthcare calls to 311. Do they need another billion dollars? Is that how we get them to do their jobs? Again, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Phil, you're 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 on fire today. Sometimes I just got to say fuck the police. I knew you were going to fit that in there somewhere. <laughs> I knew it. It so was very natural. It was good. It was smooth. So let's get to the big topic I want to discuss because when she fucks up I'm going to hold her accountable and she fucked up and I'm going to hold her accountable this week. And we're of course talking about Toronto mayor, Olivia Chow. Now earlier this week or last week, I can't remember when it was, but I, I listen sometimes, sometimes I get alerts 10 on uh, uh, the radio station, 1010 when the like political people go on. Right. And Rob Davis was took part in what they call a roundtable um, about Dundas Street mm. and, and the name changing of Dundas Street. And on this roundtable, Councillor Shelley Carroll was on. And she inf- I listened to her with her own words, specifically state. The city does not have the money, the 31 million. I don't know who came up with that number, but that's the number she used. The 30, maybe that's the number Rob Davis used. But anyway, whatever. 31 million. The city does not have that money to go through with the name changing. Number two, she said, we're still going to discuss it. We're going to discuss the how we would do it if and when we get the money to do it. And Rob's, Rob Davis specific, said specific, uh, specifically, that's a waste of time. Why are you going to debate something you cannot do because you said you cannot afford it? And in the paper, and again, I apologize because I am using the sun again. Um, Olivia Chow is going through with changing the name of Dundas Street, Young Street, and other streets. I can't remember. There's a, I don't know if it's 21 streets in total. Um, and this is complete horseshit. And I'll tell you why. You know, she helped the refugees, but we still have Toronto homeless on the streets. We have a housing crisis. We have traffic and congestion delays all over the city. The gardener's in a state of repair. Every single file, the TTC is a fucking mess. Every single file 
that the TTC that the, the the city of Toronto controls is a fucking utter mess. But she wants to talk about changing the the street names. Why? Because some guy named Henry Dundas back in the day, back in the 1800s or whenever the fuck it was, he supported slavery. Can't have that in 2023. I, this is again. I apologize if if I'm if I'm being offensive. I don't mean to be, but I don't understand how something that took place in 18 whatever it was. Even though he had a street named after him, now we're just going to change everything. We're going to change what we don't like. Okay, so what if all of a sudden we don't like it being called the left and right turn indicators? What if we want to call them the up-down turn indicators or the green-blue indicators? What if we have a problem with left-right? I mean, you realize how stupid that sounds. I, I just... Help me out here because I could I could tell you names of streets that actually need to be changed. Unfortunately, there a lot of them are in Scarborough. I apologize. There's one. I think we've had this conversation before in a in a previous episode. There's one called Hiscock Boulevard. I told you about my story about my cousin who used to live there. Right? She used to order pizza and taxis and stuff like that. And she'd be like, "Yes, can I have a pizza or whatever to 67 Hiscock Boulevard?" And she used to get hung up on. I mean, not her fault, but at the same time, that's that's got to come with a reduction in rent. Whoever owns property there has to know that that's going to be an issue. And then there's another street. It's off Shepherd Avenue East called Scunthorpe. I'm not joking. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to change names... Let's start with the fucking swear words inside the street names. No, that's not fair, Matthew. <laughs> Those are funny. <laughs> I'm interested. I know you didn't vote for Olivia Child, but you don't really have a problem with her being the mayor. I'd love to know. Uh, I'm going to shut up now. And I'd love to know what you have to say. And I'm sure our listeners are waiting to hear what you have to say as well. So, I do want you to know only because um, I'm actually I'm not sure if Olivia Chow has said that she is pushing through with it or if she simply supports the idea of it. So I very quickly, as you're reading that off, I Googled up. I'm looking at the Toronto Star. I know the the liberal bastion version of the Toronto Sun. Bastard. I didn't. didn't, In fact, no. What's funny is the Google search I specifically did was Olivia Chow Dundas Sun. Okay, I was looking for your article, but the Toronto Star came first. Okay, so I read through it, and I'm trying to see. The thing is, I'm trying to see where it says specifically that Olivia Chow. So it's like. I've got it right here. Oh, no, no, no. Listen. Oh. <laughs> Where she's specifically saying that it's, you know, despite the city's lack of mon- money, we're for sure going through with this. Instead of if the city were in a more, a better financial place, if we could spend the money on this. Now, um, it seems very clear, Matthew, that your position is whether or not we have the money for it, it's a waste of money, which I think is a fair position. You're allowed to have that position. I just, I'm worried that Olivia Chow is being misrepresented um, 
well, that she for sure wants this done regardless of our finances. Well, according to Joe Warmington, take it with a grain of salt, Friday, August 4th, 2023 in the uh, Toronto Sun, it says, case in point, even though Toronto has a more than $1 billion deficit um, and is crying to Ottawa for more money to operate, Mayor Olivia Chow is moving forward with cancelling Toronto's iconic Dundas Street. Quote, the mayor supports the, the council decision in 2021, end quote, says Chow's office. That I- that decision based on concerns of alleged but also disputed efforts to perpetuate slavery two centuries ago is to rename all of Dundas. Quote, I believe the plan is to release the short list of names determined by the Community Advisory Committee for Public Feedback this fall, end quote, says shake, uh, spokesperson Shervin Rizvani. Go ahead. Sorry. So I think there's it's two distinct issues really at play here. And one is, is this money that we want to spend? And two, or okay, it's, is this money that we can spend? And currently the answer is no, because we're broke. You know, so in fact, in my mind... Actually, sorry, <laughs> I'm really I'm really coming at this weird because the, the thing that you'd said, I did notice that as well. It was it was the the support that the council already approved. Right. So does that mean that the Dundas renaming thing is going to go ahead? So my I. I I think they're going to talk. To... They're going to talk about it. I don't know when it's happening. It's going to happen. I, I guess this time, sometime this fall. I'm not sure. Um, I, I didn't. I wasn't listening. I got to go back and listen to that whole. It's on. It's on 1010. If you go there, the clip is on there. Um, I'm not sure she mentions a, a date in which they're going to talk about it. But what's the point in talking about it if you already know you can't afford it? Doesn't make sense. Well. I don't I don't think there's there's I personally don't think there's any harm in talking about it if the thought is the the council previously decided and keep in mind this would have been John Tory's council. Correct. You know, John Tory's council talked about it, voted on it. I'm confused about what that 2021 vote was, if it was to do it or if it was just to discuss it. And and I know and listen. We might have to reach out to Matt Elliott for clarification. That's probably a good idea. But I think the thing is, if you're talking about if it's a good use of time or not, difference of opinion. But talking about something that they can't afford, I don't think that's necessarily a waste of time. If it's important to counsel that it's something they want to do in the future, I don't see why talking about it now is a problem. Again, if you think it's a waste of time, that's a completely separate issue. I just don't understand why we are changing. It's like, you don't like something? Well, it's okay. We'll just erase it. Something that happened, and I'll, I'll read it again. The decision based on concerns of alleged but also disputed Efforts to perpetuate slavery two centuries ago. So some guy named Henry Dundas, 
allegedly perpetuated slavery two centuries ago. And because there's a street named after him, in 2023, we're going to get around to erasing it. it this is, this is, we wouldn't, it, uh, if this was the year 2000, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It would be a moot no. point. That's true. If, if it was even, I'll go as far as to say 2010, we still wouldn't be having this conversation. But now that we have progressives in charge, now we want to have this conversation. Matthew, ultimately- Matthew, quick pause. Okay. That's not, once again, that is not fair because this decision was coming up with John Tory as the mayor. Correct. But in 2021. Not in 2014 when he took over. In 2021, remember. Just let's let's remember that. So, I'm going to pose a question to you. We got about six minutes left. Um. So we we changed the name. Let's let's just for argument's sake, we changed the name. What does that do? And what happens? Or sorry. Okay. So it's a two part question. What does that do? And then what happens in? 20, 30, 50 years from now, when the name we choose wants to be erased by the people 50 years from now. Go, you go ahead. Finish us off. <laughs> I do like how you said go like a like an angry command. <laughs> go. Convince me. Um the thing is what what does taking the name away do? It doesn't like what does it advance? It advances nothing. All it all it does is stops the promotion of a potentially problematic person. Again, aside from because it's always it's framed as, you know, disputed. I'm not interested in the the truth of the history in this moment. But Can I just stop you for one second. Yeah, yeah. I just want to point out that it is Dundas Street. It is not Henry Dundas Street, but go ahead. Well, yeah, and I mean, but that is, that's a, that's a good point. Nobody is like, oh, um, where are we meeting up? Oh, we're meeting up at, you know, you know, Young and Dundas. Oh, where the slaver was? I don't know. Nobody, like, it's, nobody sees streets that way. Like, nobody was thinking of I don't know. It's it's weird because I don't in the same way that it's like I I'm not thinking of the financial um economical hardship when it comes to uh say for example a basic income for people because I think we should be using money for people and whatever they need. I don't I'm not opposed to a program of, you know, changing the name of the street, but it's just I think the big thing is is it it's not it's not a priority and um it it doesn't need to be a priority you know what i mean um i don't if you know they pick another name and then 50 years down the line they're like oh shit we fucked up this is another baddie um i don't care change it again like i'm not i'm not opposed to the changing of the names but again there are more important things that we need to be spending our money on our energy on I think for me, that's the issue. There are more important things. Exactly. Like the Toronto homeless that remain on the streets as of right this moment. 
which was, I mean, Rob Davis's point. Anyway, um, we'll we'll uh, we're going to take a break now, and we'll come back on the other side, and uh, we'll 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 finish this up. And we're back, and we were talking about uh, all them signs being changed. You know, lost in the shuffle. We're also talking about Youngstream. Now, here's the tricky part. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? This applies to Dundas as well. Because Dundas goes outside of the city of Toronto, and so does Young Street. So does that mean that the, let argument's sake again, it gets passed? Does that mean that the Toronto portion will be called something else, but as soon as you reach the same road in, say, Mississauga, it's still going to be Dundas? Probably, yeah. And, and the same for Young Street. And you know... I also heard that on that list of street names is King and Queen, named after, obviously, King George and Queen Elizabeth. I mean, well, then I've got an easier solution for, you know, than just changing the name. And that's simply uh, just acting as if there's no connotation. King Street, Queen Street, based on who? Nobody. King Street, Queen Street, who cares? You know, a, a lot of people, you know, I, I wish it weren't so. And maybe this is a bad joke and bad taste. But, you know, there are people that are homophobic out there that will be like, his cock? No, change that. I don't like his cock. I don't know. Maybe that was a bad joke, again, in bad taste. But um, you see what I mean, though, right? Like, I, I need to find out where the street is. Uh, I realized that sounded like it's in Scarborough. That's that's the best <laughs> I can tell you. Hiscock Boulevard. Oh, anyway, I I can't help but look at it again as misappropriating funds. It uh, it's for some reason it's high on Olivia Chow's list. Not misappropriating funds, changing the the street names um, when. There's so much other shit that should be on the very top of her list. Yes, she helped with the refugees. Now it's time to take care of Toronto homeless people. Then it's time to attack the housing crisis. And then you can work from there. Obviously, the gardener's going to need some work. The fucking TTC's a mess. service. Hashtag fire Rick Leary. And hell, I mean, there are other people you could hire. You know what? I'm going to do a mic drop right now. I agree with Blake Acton. That is a mic drop. He agrees that it is a waste of money. And and he and I don't agree on anything. Like anything. But he, he I don't know if it's for political reasons or whatever, but he's, he put out a statement on Twitter that says, I don't, I, I think that this is a complete waste of money changing these names. And I agree with him. And I was going to reach out to tell him, you know, I agree with you. Then I realized I'm blocked on social media. So <laughs> that would have been a mistake anyways. He didn't want to do that. Anyway. So, you know, based on our discussion last week, remember last week we talked about 
intimate partner violence being declared an epidemic for the city of Toronto? Well, I emailed four city councillors. Now, I emailed them on Thursday, so they haven't gotten back to me yet. I hope they will. I'm not chastising them for not getting back to me. I'm interested to hear what they have to say. But the four councillors that I picked, I picked two men and two women. I picked uh, Ward 3 councillor Amber Morley, Ward 7 councillor Anthony Perusa, Ward 11 councillor Diane Sachs, and Ward 13 councillor Chris Moyce. Um, if they do respond, I'll update. We'll, we can bring this subject back as many times as we want. Um, because... It was not made clear. I don't know. I don't I don't remember last week's episode. So I, I assume your question is, what does that even do? What does it do uh, in the email that I wrote? I don't have it in front of me, but I, I basically copied and pasted the same email. <laughs> but I, I said, having this declared an epidemic, what does it do? What does it accomplish? Is there money available? Is there housing available? Is there special programs available? What is the point? Those, so, are, those are good questions. Those are great questions. I really hope somebody gets back to you because I would like to know what declaring something an emergency actually does. Or an epidemic. Either or. Uh, right. You know, the correct yeah. phrasing. No, no, because, because, listen, the homelessness was declared an emergency and what has happened since then? Fucking nothing. You know, you know, we talk about the violence on the TTC. Let's talk about the violence in Toronto shelters. You know, I'm going to share this because I'm comfortable where I am now. I, I will share that I have been in a shelter. When I was 20 years old, I just split from my ex-wife and I was in a family shelter, so it's really not the same thing. However, it's still a shelter. And, you know, I was in family residence in Scarborough. And I was there maybe six months, saved up money. They helped me get a place. Uh, they, they were amazing. The staff there, I think the guy that I dealt with, his name was Dwayne. Um, absolutely amazing people absolutely amazing um you know they 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 do child care there so i was able to continue to go to school um just absolutely amazing people now i realize i don't the fairy tale that i lived through is not what other people get you know people are getting beat up in in it, it's it's mostly can we agree it's mostly the single male shelters? I mean, that. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. OK, we'll say 95 percent of the time, maybe 90 to be even. Listen, we don't have to attribute Whatever. numbers. We could just say mostly and we could say sure. Yeah. So it's mostly male shelters. They're getting beat up. They're getting, you know, their shit stole. That's the one thing I hear more than even getting beat up. It's your shit is stolen. Um, you know, I mean, I told, I shared the story with you about my brother. Uh, he, he died in Seton house of drug overdose. Oh, wow. Um, he, he smoked crack and 
I guess they cut crack or whatever with fentanyl, and that's what happened. Um, I never met him. I literally met him standing over his, his casket. That's that's how I met him. Um, but anyway, I mean, this shit is happening all the time. And you would think that they could clean it up. The security doesn't... If they have... No, they do have security at shelters. They don't want to do anything about it. So why... This is a, a section of where the police might actually be of some use. Um, they don't have to go in with guns, just tasers, if, if that's a concern. Um, but, I mean... People deserve to start their lives over. I mean, I never had shit stolen from me, but that's because in a family shelter, you have your own room with your kid. Um, I just, because that's why people don't want to go to shelters and they prefer to stay on the streets, even in the fucking freezing cold. Um, jump in, because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of drowning here. No, I mean... These are good points. I have like um, I, I don't want to vocalize it, but I have my own kind of uh, not my own personal experience, but I do know someone who was uh, very violently assaulted in a shelter. And it's you know, it's it's scary. You know, it's um, I don't know. It's it's hard. It it, it really, really is. And I, I wish I wish more focus could be brought on issues like this issues like fixing the homeless, fixing the shelter system. It's not as simple as renting out another hotel or, or buying another building because the same shit is going to happen. These are issues that actually need to be dealt with and, and not the bullshit of renaming streets if that's important to anyone i apologize but it, that goes to the bottom of the fucking totem pole when we're talking about people's lives their priorities exactly um you know that's all i really i really had today so i mean i'll be interested to hear about uh, uh, to hear if they respond to my email i did speak to someone in councillor morley's office so oh, nice uh, I'm hoping that I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a podcast. We cover blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm going to be sending you an email. Can you please make sure she gets it? No problem. Uh, he didn't really, uh, cause I, I, I started with asking the question because what I like to do is a personal contact. I'd rather call than send an email. So right. that's, that's how it started. Like I called Councilor Morley's office and I posed the question. He didn't have any fucking clue what I was talking about. Oh. So I, maybe that's an isolated incident. So I, I took it upon myself to then email and then I never bothered calling any of the other counselor's offices. I just emailed. So we'll see what happens there. Also, I can't remember which one, but I did ask where... If they could send me a copy of the 2023 uh, uh, city budget so we could go through it and maybe um, move some numbers around you you and I and uh, fantasy book that. I love That'd fantasy booking. You know, I just, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up now, but I we just did fantasy booking for football this season. So we did that last night. So that was 
that was awesome. Um, very, very big on fantasy booking. But anyway, um, I think uh, I think we're good here. Did you have anything you wanted to cover before we cut and run and get out of here? You know, I got to to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna run in Scarborough. I think I got I got my big uh, my thought of the week out. That's fucking awesome. We we gotta get you some. We gotta get you a good logo. Working on it. All right. I know people in, in case you need to uh, in case you need help. I happen to know a good campaign manager too. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we can talk about that another time. But uh, yeah, so to our listeners, I'll say thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be back again next week. We are trying, I am actively trying to get us onto the Apple network so we can stop saying fuck Apple. <laughs> um, it's a work in progress, but I'm working on it. And uh, in the meantime, thank you to all our listeners everywhere in the world, in the U.S., in Canada, and in the Europe, in Central and South America. Thank you so much, guys. We're not going to get into the list tonight because we're a little bit long in the tooth and we want to get the fuck out of here. Um, Are you feeling that tonight? Because because uh, I'm feeling it. I'm just tired. I got to go to bed and get up early for work. So, but uh, again, thank you guys so much for for listening to us. And uh, Phil, do you have anything else you want to say? And then send us off. Uh, you know, if you live in Scarborough Southwest, you know, uh, vote for me. That's it. That's that's uh, that's what I'm sending you off with. Just, you know, in the next three months or whenever the by-election happens and you're just perusing through, you're like, ah, this is another election. So many elections. I'm so tired of voting. Ah, Philip Mills, I'll just give it to him. That's fine. That's a good enough reason to vote for me. You heard it here first, guys. All right, guys, we're going to get off here. Thank you again so much for listening. New episodes are out every Wednesday. Um, listen in. I just want to make one special announcement before we do go, now that I think about it. This time in history is going to be making comeback. Ooh. A comeback. But it's just going to be me. And it's going to be video. Ooh. And we're going to talk about all sorts of subjects. Because in history, you can talk about anything. So we're going to talk about Difficult subjects like the murder of Lacey Peterson, the Amanda Knox trial, the Cleveland, whatever the guy's name is, Ariel Castro. We're going to talk about the Ken and Barbie doll killers, uh, Paul Bernardo and Carl Homolka. We're going to talk about the War of 1812. We're going to talk about World War One and World War Two and Vietnam. We're going to talk about Confederation. We're going to talk about anything. And it's history. And it's just going to be me. Unfiltered, unedited, well, a little bit edited. <laughs> I will not have a, um, a filter. And you're going to hear my thoughts on a lot of different subjects. And I'm going to say what I want as I always have said what I wanted.
All right. You know what, everyone? I'm in, uh, I'm doing some yawning. I'm talking silly. You know, that's just what happens when uh, the gas starts to putter out and uh, we got to be on our way. So from from me, my friend Matthew, and, uh, you know, have a great night or day. You know, you're listening to this in the car. Do whatever you're doing. Just finish your day in a better way than you started it. This is the municipal have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uh, vote. Well,